Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You Douglas, Joe Giglio with you. WIP Midday Show. Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That is how you join the conversation. We'll get back to the phone lines here in just a couple minutes on the Jalen Hurts contract. Would you give him the Mahomes deal right now? 10 450 and the Aaron Nola contract situation as well. Maybe another big Phillies deal coming before the end of spring. Speaking of the Phillies, Scott Fransky joining us right now on the first full day of Phillies spring training. Before we get into anything about the team, I think it's time for a little congratulations. Scott Fransky, a new contract to be continued calling Phillies games here for years to come. And Scott, if I'm right on this, I, I would think by the end of your newest deal, you, you'll have been here in Philadelphia for the excess of two decades. Scott, congratulations. Hey, thank you very much, and congrats to you guys. Thank you very much there, Scott. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, Scott, when is this Aaron Nola deal going to get (laughs) (laughs) Right out the gate. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I know that the deal for me and Tom didn't slow their their pursuit of Aaron Nola, that's for sure. (laughs) That's a different wing of the building. Um, Yeah, uh, I know they'd like to. um, And, uh, you know, I mean, Aaron's – Aaron's one of those guys that uh, they they have liked for a long time. Aaron seems like he wants to be here. Uh, you know, money talks obviously, and um, but uh, you know, it doesn't seem like ownership's uh, shy to spend money if there's a guy they like, and I do think they like him a lot. So I think they're going to try, and I don't know if there's a you know if they have any kind of self-imposed deadline, um, you know, before the season starts or anything like that. But uh, I think they'll keep talking as long as they can. Scott, what's the feeling um, uh, for you and, and just the way that, that you've felt around the city and now you know going down and get ready for spring training here for this season? Because this is unlike anything we've seen in a while. I mean, you and I have talked a lot before seasons have started the last few years, and there's always been a buzz. You know, I think ever since ever since they signed Bryce Harper, there's been a buzz sure. around this franchise. Like they're they're trying, they're close, they're on the come, but they couldn't get over the hump. And then last year. They didn't just get over the hump, Scott. You had a front row seat to them. I really thought they learned how to win in front of our eyes last October. Yeah, I do too. And I think, you know, one of the things why the buzz is a little better this time than maybe in some other years is the fact that it's more than just Bryce Harper. It's not just about Bryce. Uh, you know, I mean, their offense uh, has gotten a, a new toy, if you will, in Trey Turner, and he's an exceptional player and can do a lot of things really, really well. And I think that, uh, you know, even in, in – you know, maybe this time a year ago, if Harper's not available for the first half of the season, it's a lot of doom and gloom. Uh, and I think uh, the feeling is is that, you know, they went through it before without Harper last year uh, for a long stretch of time. And, and the feeling now, there's a lot more comfort in the, you know, the pieces they have in place to kind of uh, carry the load while Bryce is out until he gets back. With that being said, Josh Harrison, he's, he's one of those guys. What do you see, how do you see his role being, being filled here with the Phillies? I mean, he's a, a guy you can plug and play just about anywhere on the diamond. Um, you know, between he and Sosa, I mean, it sounds like Edmundo Sosa is going to get some looks in the outfield, which is interesting. Um, and I think Josh Harrison would get some, you know, some spot duty on the corners if they need it. Uh, I do think he'll be, you know, obviously he's a bench player, but uh, it'll give the manager, Rob Thompson, a chance to pick his spots, give veteran guys a day off. Uh, maybe guys who are struggling, give them a little bit of time off and give them a little breather here and there. Um, I mean, I think they're, you know, I mean, you look at their bench, uh, last year, their bench, uh, contributed, you know, guys like Veerling, uh, whether it was Maton there, whether, you know, it was some other younger players, you know, Stott was on the bench, you know, kind of in and out of the lineup there early on. But I think you have a, to have veterans on the bench is a big deal because that's a tough role. It's a tough role to sit around for you know three, four, five days a week sometimes and not get a chance to play, 
and then to learn how to be ready to play. And I think that was something uh, that they identify with Josh um, and even identify with Edmundo to an extent that they are comfortable sitting in that reserve role and, and then being, you know, they're not going to embarrass you if they have to play for, you know, two straight weeks because the guy's out because of injury. Uh, so I think that's the big thing. You know, that bench is a lot better than it was this time a year ago, I think. We're talking to Scott Fransky, our voice of the Phillies, as we get set for the well spring training, first full squad, first full squad workout starting today. Scott, uh, you know, in your time here, there's been a lot of different storylines, MVPs, you know, World Series appearances, a World Series championship. I, I would think the Andrew Painter storyline's a new one for you and a new one for a lot of us. I mean, there have not been many teenagers that have thrown pitchers in the major leagues the last twenty or thirty years, and it seems like this kid has a real chance at the age of nineteen to make the rotation. What do you know about him? What have you heard about him? Um, it's Every time I hear Dombrowski talk, it just feels like he believes in him a lot. Yeah, it really does. I mean, everybody with baseball operations seems to really have um, a lot of confidence in Andrew and his ability to maybe crack the starting rotation coming straight out of spring training. They're in a, they're in a good spot that they don't have to, they don't have to force that if they, if they don't feel he's quite ready, if they go through the spring and they feel like, oh, you know what, maybe it's not quite the right time. He's going to be here eventually, and I think he's going to be here at some point this year. Whether it's day one of the season, I don't know. But it's it, it clear. I mean, it sounds like from the way they're talking, it's certainly his job to lose, right? Um, he's got so much upside. I've never seen him pitch. I've never even seen him uh, pitch on video. I've talked to him, uh, met him last year at the ballpark when he was in to get the Owens Award. And what a what a super kid! What a polished kid! I mean, there's. You don't you don't have any idea that you're talking to a teenager uh, when you sit down and chat with Andrew Painter. I mean, he is he seems like he's the total package. And if he pitches as well as you know, he handles the other things. You know, whether it's the expectations, whether it's the you know the media demands, those kind of things, which he's handled very very well. If he pitches anywhere near close to that, I think he'll be pretty good. You know, Scott, I was in, in Atlanta last year and I saw something similar that happened with Spencer Strider. Sure. So, so my question to you is this. Does it feel like the pitchers that are coming out now, they're a little bit more mature and you could do things like this, but like bring them up a little bit earlier? Well, I mean, I think part of that is um, it's just your philosophy. I mean, it's having trust in, in, in your ability to scout a player and it's having trust in your ability to say, yes, this guy is indeed ready. Um, you know, different organizations go through different uh, you know, stretches, if you will, and different personalities, if you will, where they – you don't want to sit on a prospect. They want to wait a little bit longer. They want to groom them a little bit more. Um, but, you know, the way baseball is nowadays, it seems like the teams that are able to maximize a young player's value early in his career, uh, I mean, it just it sets you up. I mean, you can't pay everybody 200 $300 million. You can't build a roster that way. So if you get a young player like Andrew Painter or like Spencer Strider and any of the number of young players like, say, the Braves have done, and you feel like he's going to be a part of your big league team, let it ride. Let's go. Let's find out. Um, because, again, he's checked all the boxes at the lower levels in the minor leagues and um, now getting a chance to see him in spring training, uh, you know, once the games start. I mean, that'll be another sort of hurdle for him to climb. But uh, I do think you have to, as an organization, whether it's the Phillies, the Braves, the Mets, anybody, you kind of have to maximize the early years of a player's career the way that the economics uh, set up right now. Scott, you mentioned the new toy the Phillies have. It's a $300 million toy. It's a great shortstop yeah. in Trey Turner. 
And it's it's you know it's been one of the stories since the minute they signed him. In fact, that first press conference, he's done a lot of his best work as a leadoff hitter with the Nationals and, and some with the Dodgers. And obviously, we saw what Kyle Schwarber did last year when they left him alone and just let him be the leadoff hitter. What do you think about that decision for Rob Thompson, which which could be you know impacted a little bit by when Bryce gets back? I, I could see it changing over the course of the year. But what, what's your thought on Turner and Schwarber and, and the leadoff discussion? Well, I think first of all, those guys can hit anywhere. Anywhere you ask them to hit, they'll do it. I think any player likes to know where they're going to hit, and I think they all like to know kind of where their name is going to be in the lineup. Can they make adjustments? Yes, that's what makes them as good as they are. Uh, They wouldn't be at this level if they didn't make adjustments along the way. So that's really more mental than anything else. Um, I think Turner at the top of the order – you know, given some of the new rules, you know, base stealing could be at a at a premium again. We, you know, I mean, it'll we'll see what it looks like when the games actually start with the new rules. But you got to think that he's going to be able to take advantage of that, uh, and that just you know creates plenty more opportunities for the guys behind him, whether it's Schwarber, or Harper, Reese, or you know, Castellanos, or any of those other guys in the middle of the lineup. I think they're going to have a lot of opportunities to bring Turner home and. If Turner's at the top of this lineup, he's got a chance to score a lot of runs this year, given the rule situation the way it is. Let's go back to those rules. Let's hit that because that—that's really that might be the, the biggest subplot around baseball this spring training. Not not just the Phillies, but everywhere. For, for you as a broadcaster, which one are you most interested in? You know, there's so many with the pitch clock. The the you can't throw over more than two times on the base runners, and obviously the shifting is impacted here. I mean, you've watched the game evolve, and it, it probably got to a point where they had to do something here, Scott, to, to kind of bring it back a little bit to, to the way it used to be. Of all the new rules, the changes, which one are you most interested in watching it play out? Well, I guess that's kind of two ways. I mean, I, I do think the um, the shift rule has the potential to be the biggest changer in terms of the you know runs scored on a nightly basis. I mean, that to me has the chance to be the biggest uh, difference maker. Um, whether it will be or not, I don't know. Um, defenses are good. The analytics departments are good. They'll find a way to maximize what they're allowed to do within the scope of the rules. Uh, from a broadcaster's perspective, I think the the pitch timer is going to be big because, um, you know, we, we we can kind of get used to sitting back and letting the game happen, and uh, there's all kinds of, you know, dead time and whatnot, and maybe we're at liberty to kind of mess around on the air and tell some, some longer stories or whatever. I don't know if we'll have the same kind of time to do that because the whole idea is getting at more action back in the game. And, if the you know, if the guys, you know, We've heard it from the, the people at the lower levels or at the minor league levels. These games are going quick, and it's a different pace. Um, and I think from a broadcaster's standpoint, that might be the biggest adjustment, at least for me as a, as a radio announcer and trying to you know, make sure I'm, uh, I'm keeping, you know, staying aware of the clock and staying aware of, of um, how much time is left to maybe get your point across before the next pitch comes across the plate. Yeah, action is a good thing, and it's good to bring it back. And, and, Scott, we can't wait to hear you and L.A. and Kevin Stocker on the call this season. Scott, appreciate hopping on, and, and we'll be listening to all your broadcasts in the first one with the Phillies this weekend here coming up on WIP and Spring Train. Thank you, Scott. Thanks a lot. It's my pleasure, and, again, congrats, guys.